This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So what we're looking at is we're looking at as bold as we can. And, and what does that mean? And how does that look kind of different, bold as we can in, in a Christian sense versus, versus how we might actually think of that as working? So I want to start out with this quote here. This is from Anne Lamott, one of the best Christian authors out there. She's very funny. And she's going to share, she shares something here that I think talks about the way life really works. My six-year-old associate, A.E., her grandson, who sleeps down the hall about 30 feet away with both our doors wide open, wakes up on many mornings and predicts, this might be the best day ever. Then in the dead of night, a tiny voice calls out to me, Nana, Nana, will you ever get sick or die? Then he cries at the very thought. He terrorizes himself. I think this says it all. It is true, right? Like, don't we live in that middle place so much of of both being very excited, like this is going to be the best day ever, and completely terrorized at the same time? Is that true for any of you out there? You know? And now I think that's the place where we start to understand what living boldly looks like. Now, for some of us, for some of you in this room... That may have been the simple fact that you just woke up this morning and you took one foot and you put it in front of the other. That, for a lot of people, takes great courage because we all struggle and some people just are struggling with a lot of things. For others, being bold might be even more than that. It might be like what some of these people over here are, 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 are talking about, like that idea of living boldly. And what is it for you? And maybe by the end of today's service, you'll have some different ideas about what living boldly might look like in your life. Now, we've been looking for the past couple of weeks at a beautiful passage in the New Testament. Christ used something called a parable. Parable was a story, and he he knew something about human nature. Like, we remember stories far better than we remember information. We really are a story-oriented people. So he would tell these stories to get beautiful spiritual points across. We're going to look at a story he tells, and it's about light. It's about light. And he tells the story. He starts out like this. This is from Luke 8. No one puts a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. And that's, we talked about that last week. Like, it's not about, so, you know, we're not to hide our light, and we're not to hide it, not so that all of a sudden everybody can see how great we are, it's so that other people can see. And that's a really important distinction, I think. And boy, is it wonderful when we start to get a chance to watch people's light shine. Now, I want to show you a little video, I think, that is a great sort of shining light story. We all know, right, we all have our, our, uh, our class songs that we might remember from back in the day, from my day. It was Doobie Brothers, don't know what it was for you. Maybe you're a big fan of Don't Stop Believing. I'm not sure. I wouldn't admit to that. Um, you know, uh, we all have these class songs to remember. I want to show you a, a, a picture of a class graduating in Hawaii, their class song, and it's one that just exudes a shining light. So take a look at this one minute video.
I can only imagine what those kids are like in the cafeteria. Oh my goodness, is that some energy and some great light, right? Some great light, you just see it. You just can see it and you can sense it. And do you sense the connection there that all those kids had to each other? The connection that they had to the audience? Like, think about that with boldness. Boldness is connection. Boldness is life done well in community. It's all moving together. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Now, this beautiful, wonderful passage and story goes on. Again, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or points it under bread. Instead, they put it on a stand so that that those who come in can see the light. And then it goes on. For there is, please say these two words. For there is nothing hidden. hidden. Hmm. That's a little different. That will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully. This is where Christ throws us totally for a loop. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Very, very interesting, right? See, I think what it's talking about here is, is a propensity we all have to do this. Hide under the bed. Rebecca said it was at 10 years of age when her brother put a big box in front of the door and she was so afraid she crawled under the bed. I'm sure all of you have a memory of crawling under the bed. I think all of us have that part of us that tends to crawl under the bed. And when you read through this passage, I think this is sort of what Christ is talking about. He's saying, look, of course you wouldn't take a light and put it under the bed. But that's a rhetorical question because guess what? Of course we do. Matter of fact, it's exactly what we do. And here's Christ saying, like, look, there's nothing's going to be hidden. Nothing. Now, folks, if you have, if you're coming in here with a view of an angry God, all right, and some of you have that view. I don't tell people they're wrong a lot, but if you believe that, you're wrong. You know, they have a view of an angry God, and God's going to come in with his sort of can of whoop butt, And he's going to see that you're under the bed. He's going to grab the bed. He's going to turn it over so that everything is seen. Remember that dream in elementary school? You're on the school bus in just your underwear? You know, at best. that's, That's kind of the worry, right? Like, oh, everything I've done wrong is going to be seen. It's not what he's talking about. I mean, I, I think there is a, there's some wisdom to that, not in a guilty way, but just knowing if we're, if we're working through things that are challenging, they will eventually come to the light, but they come to the light so that we can deal with them. Not so we face, a, you know, the wrath of an angry God. And maybe it's this. Maybe it's a really positive piece. Maybe it's a bit about bringing our light out, like God saying, look, You are precious. You are made in God's very image and likeness. We say that all the time. You're wonderful. I want to make sure that your light comes out so that it it is seen. Because the more that happens, the more others can see. You see, there's a very different view there. I mean, folks, think. God is all about love. He's not an angry God. God is not about to go crawling under the bed, say, you get out here now. I think God's going to go under that bed with us, gently coaxing us out, gently pulling us out of ourselves, helping our light to really shine. Because I think for so many of us, we we do, right? We, We live that divided life. 
There's a part of us that's out there in public, paraded around, well manicured, and absolutely lonely, terrified, and sad. And there's this other part that we so much want people to see, but we just feel a little bit scared to do that. Now, so much, I think, of, of church is how do we create community that can, that can help that come out more and more, or we sort of can coax each other out from under the bed in ways that can start to bring life and breath. Small groups is one way to do that, that connectedness. And it's, it's easy to sort of think, you know, oh, this is an infomercial. No, it's not. This is, this is about what churches can be, this, these kinds of connectedness, these kind of connectedness. So I'm going to ask Angela now to just speak for a minute about what our, what our campaign coming up, Living Gratefully, can really mean to you. And it's directly connected with living life bold as we can. Angela. Good morning. So I know you thought you got rid of me. I wasn't up front. So we're changing things up today. Um, so every fall, we have something called the, the Journey Campaign. And every year, there's a different theme. Um, and this year is no exception. It always happen, happens in the fall. And what happens is, starting September 27th, uh, Chuck is going to be leading the service, like usual. Uh, but for seven weeks, it's going to be all on this topic of living gratefully. And throughout the week, there will be small groups that are meeting to take what he talks about on Sunday and bring it further into your life. And, you know, he set up this beautifully, the idea of living boldly, the idea of living in community. So for anybody who's been coming to New Church Live, whether you've been here one time or you've been coming for years, I want to challenge you. I want you to think about participating in a small group. Now, for some, that might be really easy. For some, that might just be like, yep, I'm going to sign up, no problem. But for some people sitting here, you've been thinking about it for a while. I know you have. And I want you to take this opportunity. Living Gratefully, I read through the book. It's fabulous. And I got to say, we all can find ways to find more gratitude in our lives. It's the perfect thing. It leads up into Thanksgiving. It's just, it's seven weeks. I think we can all commit to something for seven weeks. And you really don't have an excuse because... There's a group meeting every night of the week, after church on Sunday. There's just so many opportunities. And I really feel strongly that I know I can get a lot out of this program. I know you can get a lot out of this program. But I want to also say this. It might not be about you. You might need to be that listening ear for somebody who's going to be in a group with you. So I want you to think, maybe it's about letting your light shine and being the listening ear. So I just, I really, really want to challenge you all to think about participating, to just think about participating. I'm going to be here the next three weeks signing people up, and I think we all can participate in this program this year. I know somebody who participated last year said it was the most profound thing she's ever done, and she got a lot out of the program, and I think this program this year is even better. So I'll be in the lobby after church. I can answer all your questions. You can take a sheet home and look at all the group openings and listings. And I really want you, if you're sitting there and it's in the back of your head, I want you to think, I can do this. I can participate for seven weeks. So thank you. And I think, you know, about that, you know, that living gratefully in, in small groups, like 
this is about creating a, a very different world. I want to echo sort of what Angela said. You know, I, I was talking to a friend who, you know, and about New Church Live. And, and, and the piece is like, if you're here more than once, it stops being about you. It starts being about other people. It starts being about connection. It starts being about creating those, those worlds where we all feel like we have a belonging, where we can come out from under the bed and really just be seen for who we are. You know, I know I love my small group and I, I certainly hope you folks are willing to give this a try. I think it's a big one. And what else do we learn from this? We learn surrender. We learn surrender. We learn to give up that part of our brain that is just, just oriented to being in control and being successful. We learn to understand Mother Teresa's words. It's about being faithful, not about being successful. And we need to learn to simply let God start to be in the driver's seat. God, Christ, starting to be in the driver's seat. Great job, Rebecca. That's a beautiful song, and that, that gets to some of the surrender we're talking about. And, and, and the surrender of, is, is something that's, that's empowering. I mean, that's one of the big paradoxes, I think, of a, as we live a life of faith. It's not a life of certainty or, or being a know-it-all. It's a, it's a life of surrender, where we start to really get that, that maybe this whole ride, in a certain sense, is about us, but in a certain sense, completely not. And that's where our light can start to shine in a lot of different ways. I think, and this is a bit of a theological deep dive, but we've got a very smart audience here. There's, there's an external light that we have in our lives. You know, that's sort of that again, and I think that's our persona, our, our, our psyche. Um, you know, the word persona is Greek actually for mask. Kind of interesting, right? And, and we kind of have that bit. That's our external light, and it's and it's, 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 it shines, and it's nice to have that external light. Like, you know, you go around, you introduce who you are, what you do for a living. That's all that, who your kids are, what your relationships are. You know, that's that external light piece. And there's nothing wrong with that. The challenge becomes, too often, we confuse our inner light with that external light. We get the two mixed up. And we end up living out here in an external light and we can live sort of frenetically there in a way that just will never work. So we push and push on this external light. We, we think we have to craft it just so and, and, and we sort of see our life as a projection out there into the world like we're carrying around a big projector. We just have to be careful with that. We have to be careful. Because I'd ask you to consider for a minute just for a minute, that maybe this light that Christ is asking us to bring out from under the bed is really our inner light, our deepest light. Who we actually really are, always have been from eternity, and always will be to eternity. Now let's take a look just for a minute here at, at what that is. This is New Church Way. This is the way we hold it. This is from the book by Emanuel Swedenborg, Divine Providence. And these are the things he talks about that are part of that inner light. It's a deep knowledge, what we really know. That's a good starting point. So, so it's, this, it's this deep inner knowledge that we just know stuff. We, it, it's beyond sort of the brain thinking. We just know this. The second part, there's no debate. And I'm going to have you say the hyphenated word there. See if you can get that tongue twister out. There's no... All right. How many of us succumb to paralysis by analysis all the time? There's no debating here. 
Like what we know is what we know is what we know. You know, I, oftentimes, folks, I'll, I'll work with a, with a parent who's, who's really concerned about, about their child and how they're working with their child. And, and I just ask them this simple question. Does your son, your daughter, do they know they love you? And more importantly, I should have flipped that. The most important question is, do they know that they are loved? Do they know that they are loved? Guess what parents answer 99% of the time? Yes. And it's like this instant. It's not even like, hmm, I wonder. They just know. They just know. Yeah, my, my kid does know that I love them. I'm not the perfect parent. I, I mess up all the time. I'm not as present as I want to be. I, I lost my temper when I shouldn't have. All these different things. But that inner knowledge, that deep knowing is so significant. The third one, loving is doing, so faith also is doing. That loving is doing. There is no division between what is loving and what is doing. It's not like, okay, so I'm a loving person, so I need to figure out how to do. No, when you are a loving person and you're doing those things, that is what loving is. It's kind of like this beautiful embrace of loving and doing. Loving in action is what remains. It's not sort of a sentimental stuff. When these people up here are talking or whether you're in a small group or whether you're connecting with a, with a, with a child or, or a significant other at home, really connecting, that is loving is doing. That is loving. That is loving. That may not sound like a big deal, but I actually think it is a pretty big deal. Because too often we can just get in our heads so much about stuff. This is about getting out of your head into love and doing that by doing. The next one, God is one, omnipresent. That deep knowledge of, oh, God's got this too. God's even here. I see that frequently with people who go through real hard times in their life, and they come to this discovery that even here, God is even here. I know for me, like I, I used to think of, of like the straight and narrow path, right? Which we've all heard before. And, and, and that there was this path and, and, and I needed to follow the path. And what I see now more and more is that the path is incredibly wide and God has it all. There is no off the path. Like God's got the whole thing. God is one. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's Everywhere. You look to the left, he's there. You look to the right, he's there. You look behind you, you look around you, he is there. And the last one, everything circles back to first, circles back to what is good and true. I think that's a piece, folks, where we have this inner enlightenment and we have this deep inner knowledge that it's all gonna be okay. It's all going to be okay. Just for like three seconds, just like take a breath and just find that place in your heart. That place in your heart where you know it's all going to be okay. 
So you now, like, imagine your life, right? Imagine your life, that part of your light not being hidden anymore, what Christ said. Like, it's not going to be hidden. I think that's heaven. I think we can experience that here on earth if we choose it. But imagine that inner enlightenment now coming out from under the bed. Just think about how different your life would be. How different my life would be. Folks, try this word on. That inner light coming out from under the bed. And now put the word beside it. A very Christian word, granted. But that word, resurrection. In new church, what we call regeneration. Recreation. Can you sense the power of living in that place? And that's a very different kind of bold light than what we tend to think of in our lives. Now, how is it that we get there? Well, I'm going to be stepping over here for a minute to to talk about that. I think that gets into this line here. And I think it's kind of a funny line. Pulling out the chair beneath your mind and watching watching you fall upon God. What else is any fun in the world? I want to read that again. Pulling out the chair beneath your mind and watching you fall upon God. What else is any fun in this world? It's a poet, Hafiz. So, so what happens is that, that, our, that our thinking mind just, it just goes and, and, and we sort of have the chair pulled out and it's God and he's smiling at that. He's smiling at that. Because then that inner enlightenment can start to come out into the world. And, and New Church believes that actually that inner enlightenment is the highest form of wisdom any of us can have in this world. And we all know people who sort of have it, who exemplify it. And he gives us the directions to do that. And it's fascinating. Right? Christ is always doing this. So he's saying, okay, like I'm going to lead you down this path, then it's going to be a flip. You're going to think it's this, and then I'm going to flip it around. And here's the flip in the story. He says, you want to know how you do that? Here you go. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Complete flip. Beautiful flip. I'm going to be stepping over here to talk about what that flip is. So the flip over here, can I get the light over here? I was worried about my inner enlightenment not following me. I love Kim gets all my jokes, which I just love. So, so yesterday I was, I was meeting with a dear friend and, and uh, he was talking about sitting in a, in a group setting and how powerful it was hearing other people's stories. And, and literally, I hadn't told him about this sermon. And he said, Chuck, you know, it was just, it was just amazing because I'm, I'm sitting there with these people. And he said, you know, if you're really careful about how you listen, in my, here's my arm on my back, oh, if you're really careful about how you listen, you'll get the answers. And we're all doing that. All these groups, back and forth, all the people in this circle, and they're all trying to listen really carefully. This is another plug for living gratefully. Um, You know, they're all trying to listen carefully, and, and as they do, their inner enlightenment starts to come out. I mean, how many of you have had that experience, right, where, where, you're, where you're talking, and all of a sudden this thing of wisdom comes out, and you're thinking, that wasn't me. That was way too smart. I are from Pittsburgh. Like, where did that come from? Have we all had that experience at some point in time? 
I think that is that inner enlightenment. And I think that's the part that, that God is trying to very gently through our lives bring out from under the bed. It's not going to be hidden. That is where you're going. And the way to get there is not to force it, not to be like, I will be enlightened now. It's to listen. Think about that. It's to listen carefully. And what do we listen carefully to? Again, paradox, beautiful flip. We listen to the inner enlightenment of the other. Incredible. God is so good. I'm so goofy, but God is so good. So I can do that. I can learn as best I can to li- listen to that inner enlightenment of other people, to allow it to come out. I think that's why God puts us in relationship all the time, because that's how we get it. We, we, we don't, I mean, I'm sure for a few people, they can get that sitting on a hill all alone. I, I think that's really hard to do. I think, I think we need, yeah, we need those still moments, but most importantly, we need other people. Because I think too many of the time when we believe we're bringing our enlightenment, we sort of have a picture like this. Like, I'm going to bring my enlightenment, but it's in the form of interrogation. We have ways to make you talk. This is a very different view of that. Now, what we're going to do to kind of bring this home is we actually have glow sticks. And if could, somebody could run out and grab the, the, the kids are gonna come in with us because we need something to sort of remember this by. So I, I brought glow sticks. And I have to tell you, you know, the funny part of it, when I got them, I said, we have some people in our, in our congregation who are so ADD, they're not gonna be able to hold this for more than two seconds without breaking it. And then of course I grab it, grabbed mine and promptly broke it. So we're going to get these, and they're going to be passed around. They're going to be passed around from the front to the back. If you're with a family, take one or two. I think we should have enough for everybody here. But I want to talk about that and use that to sort of close the way the service, to pull it all together. So those could start coming around. I think what we want to learn to do with this next slide is learning to live in different ways. There's, there's different ways we can kind of hold light. The first, for some of us, you know, and I think, I think we all have all these parts to us. Somebody already broke theirs. Uh, you know, <laughs> we all have these different parts of light with us, um, you know, at all times. So this isn't saying, like, your job is not to go, oh, yeah, they're a black hole, but I'm not. You know, your job is to get, you got all three. There's part of us that we're just a black hole, you know, all energy swallowed up. If I have a panic around money, all energy gets swallowed up. Every little ounce of energy. You could tell me the best thing in the world. If I'm worried about money that day, forget it. It gets sucked in. And the black hole, the energy of a black hole is so great, is so great that even light cannot escape. Pretty remarkable to think about that, right? So that's a black hole. I think we all have that part. And then we have these other parts too. These reflective parts where we're great at taking energy and focusing where it needs to be focused. So we're great at kind of taking other people's energy and we're great at kind of redirecting that in ways that are life-giving. We know people who are really good at this. They're, they're, they're sort of the connectors in life. That You know, you bring them in, you're able to go like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you can talk to this person. 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 They're connecting. 
They're sort of grabbing light and they're redirecting it. And then the last one here is glow in the dark. Here, we're not just reflecting light, but we are actually creating it. Now, obviously, God is the source of all light. Like, I get it. I get that. Here comes the kids. Give them a round of applause, folks. Good to have you kids here. You know, and, and, and God obviously creates that light. But we get to be kind of co-creators. I mean, I think God, like, like anybody, you know, like any good, good parent, he allows us to feel like we are actually doing it. Even though he is actually the doer. Even though he is actually the doer. And then what happens, we're not just read, oh, sorry, forgot the last line there. We're not just redirecting energy, but we are actually, actually generating energy. A very different kind of shining. That kind of shining, again, next slide, much more like candlelight. A real beautiful thing. Can I try a little something here? All right. So, so let's all like crack our, crack our lights. Doesn't that feel good? Remember that as a kid? All right. And you, know, you, sh- you shake it around a little bit. You guys would not believe how unbelievably cool that looks from up here. I got to get a picture. Wow, does that look cool? Hold on. Ray, you got to come out here and look at this, buddy. Whoa. That looks so cool. Isn't that good? Will, you got to come here too. I hear you giggling back there. You got to see this. This is, look at that. Look at that. Hey, could, do one of you guys want to come up here? I want, want one of the kids to see us. One of the kids want to volunteer? Oh, look at that. Oh, come on up. Come on up, come on up, come on up. Go straight up. Now watch, you come on over here. Just be careful. Look at that. All right, now you're going to be like an air traffic controller. You're going to guide them in for a landing here. Can you do that? All right, all right. We'll just do a little Simon Says for fun here for a minute. There we go. Like, excellent. <laughs> this is like Woodstock. You guys are great. Give her a round of applause. That was wonderful. Here, sweetie. You can only imagine her telling her father, what did you do in church today? I landed a plane. See, like, folks, notice, notice even the, notice how, what you're doing. Are you laughing? Yes. Are you connecting? Yes. Is your light shining? Yes. Do you know stuff? Do you see your inner enlightenment? I mean, just look at each other for a minute. Beautiful, wonderful, incredible enlightenment that we can offer to each other. Think of Christ's words now. Nothing will be hidden. Not as a threat, but as a promise. Nothing will be hidden. Just do this. Learn to listen carefully. Can I get a big amen? Amen. Amen. Great service. Thank you folks for coming. We're going to close today's service. And, you know, some services, you know, you want to end on a high. This one, we're ending with a real meaningful song. 
And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna offer a prayer and you're welcome to just hold your light. And, and, and then the, in this last song, I want you to like, you know, sort of go to that inner enlightenment place and really believe this for a minute. Believe that you can fly. Believe you can fly. Do you know it's an old pastor joke? Do you know why angels can fly? Because they take themselves so lightly. It's a good one. And there is theology behind that. That idea of being able to take life lightly, going to that part that really knows stuff, that isn't paralysis by analysis, where you pull out your thinking brain and you just let that inner enlightenment come out. So please join me in prayer and then enjoy the last song. You're welcome to sing along with it, stand up if you want or sit down if you want as we close today's service. So please join me. Lord, so thank you for being with us today. And Lord, please allow our light to shine. A light to shine, Lord, that is our inner enlightenment. That part of us that understands that you are omnipresent in all places in our life. That you, Lord, are omnipotent, all-powerful, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God with us through it all. And Lord, allow that to rest in our deepest form of enlightenment. And help us to bring that out, Lord, from under the bed and to do so, Lord, by learning how to listen carefully. Carefully to, yes, your voice moving through our heart and our lives and carefully also, Lord. Carefully also, learning to listen the light of others. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Lord, remind us, remind us as we close this service that we too, that we too can fly. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.